G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. It's time to cast off on a new adventure. This is Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Good morning and welcome to Real Adventures. Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood joining you this morning to talk all things fishing, boating and the great outdoors. Redmond, good morning. Good morning, Patrick. And uh, what a weekend we great had weekend. at the Melbourne Boat Show. Great weekend. Terrific. Yes, the 60th Melbourne Boat Show was run and done. One and done. Uh, we had a great time. God, it was fantastic to see... The dealers out again. The weather was was pretty damn good, considering it's Melbourne, and yep. there's always going to be rain, even if the forecast is blue skies for two weeks straight and cold. And it wasn't. No, it was. It it almost had that feeling of Queen the tropics. Yeah, it, did, it did. Yeah. Um, what did you like? What did you What did you see throughout the the weekend? And you obviously presented uh, for Salt Guide Saturday and Sunday, and, and talked through primarily. Um, snapper, whiting, um, and and calamari, and we are going to follow up next week. We've got a whole show dedicated to uh, the ins and outs of the snapper season. Yep, so, offshore and inside the bay. Yep, the gear, the times, the tides, and everything in between. So that will be on next week's show. But today's a bit of a wrap up of the boat show because there were some new technologies that we saw that we liked. And and obviously just being back out and, and you know, having the industry together again was, was sensational. I was very sceptical on how this was going to go. We spoke about it on the show, the rain, and then got closer to the show, and the rain forecast was horrendous, absolutely horrendous. It was looking like it was going to be an absolute disaster. Well, we spoke Thursday yeah, night last week, and you're like, oh, not I'm not good. sure. It's not looking good. And the only thing that we can count on here in Victoria is the weatherman getting it wrong because it happens every week. And Jane, Jane, Jane Bunn, she's uh, she's still working anyway. She uh, she got it wrong this time, and it was I was very grateful because I was skeptical on it. The weather was scaring me, but not only that, being at the boat show back from COVID, I know there wasn't a lot of exhibit. I know a lot of exhibitors that didn't go, and I'm thinking this is going to be a disaster. Yep. And to tell you the honest truth, I really enjoyed the boat show. It was I enjoyed it more than Jeff Shed. Yeah. Uh, the expedition sense is great, but I don't know. I'm an outdoors person. Boating, boating's outdoors. Everything's outdoors for me. I love outdoors. And to see... And you, and you see why, and you've obviously been to it, but why uh, the Sydney boat show uh, and, and Queensland's is so well regarded because yep. it is outside. Yep. And it's obviously better weather in, in the northern states. But there's something about being outside where it's 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 less like a doctor's room that, that Jeff said is. I think, without being rude, I think it was very easy for their husbands and wives to get their partners to come along that was interested in fishing because they could bring the prams and make a sort of a day of it out in Docklands. Like, sounds contradicting, but you go to Jeff's shed in the shed. I don't know, for some reason you're like, I'm not taking the kids. But when it's outdoors, you just... Oh, we're taking the kids outdoors. It's going to be a nice day. Like, we didn't get rain. We had rain Saturday morning, and I'm pretty sure we nearly drowned as we walked into the boat show because the puddles were that deep. But they got people <laughs> in to suck the water out, and it worked really, really well along the foreshore. But I can't fault the boat show other than the fact, and when, I'm, I'm going to say it now, the one thing, and we're going to talk about a couple of things that we didn't like and did like, the one thing that I didn't like, there was no fishing, Pat. 
Yeah. Zero to nothing. Yep. Like there was yep. nothing. And as and, someone, and our socials did light up a bit around where's the where's the gear? Where's the fishing gear? Oh, and I read it on multiple social media posts as well, not just ours. Like it was everywhere saying, Well, people go out if you take, say for instance, your kids, you take George and Flick, won't we won't Winnie's not really included yet. She's still just, well, she's easy in the yeah, other two. You just two. chuck her in the pram. But they want to grab something at the show. Yes. They want something to, grab, to take home. They want something to take home. And whether it's uh, whether you can afford a $3 squid jig or whether you can buy them a new rod worth a couple hundred dollars, whatever it is, doesn't matter. A kid just loves taking something home. And that's yep. what I would like to do with, with Finn is take him to the boat show when he comes. What do you want to buy? I want, you want a new rod? All right, let's go. Or you want a new squid jig or a lure or choose one thing. You get Whenever I take Finn to the zoos or something, it's like, Grab what you get one. You go, we go through the gift shop. You get one item. Go for it. Choose it. And I'd like to do the same thing with him. Families couldn't do this here, but I also understand why there wasn't tackle stores there regarding the the lockup aspect sure. of it. Yeah. Uh, I was a bit disappointed in the security at one point. <laughs> we, can, uh, we can cover that a bit later on. <laughs> well, once we go through the why, because the why is obviously it's outside yep. the ability to be able to lock up all of your equipment. And the time frame you have, like say for instance, it shuts at 7pm most days, the main days, shuts at 7pm. You don't want to be there till 8.30 that night, packing away your stand and then getting, yep. getting there an hour and a half earlier the next day. Such a big, it's out. a massive shot. It's a huge few days oh, for all the, the yep. dealers to... to you know, put it all together. And it's not a normal work day either. Like, it's it's very... When I say normal work day, if you're average partner, say nine to five, Pat, you work your eight hours, but you get your breaks in between. The boat show, not one person there gets a break. Like, no one gets no. a break. Every dealer and but exhibitor the, is smashed. <laughs> yeah, but by the reports, the, the show was a great one when it, it came to sales. It was a massive success. We know yeah. the North Bank crew did really, really well. I know the Stabycraft guys did really well. Uh, Don Geelong Marine World did very well. Like, Everyone that I spoke Which to... Which is terrific for yeah, the industry. Amazing. And you know what the, the amazing thing is? I don't know why you would go to that boat show and buy something. There was... This is the other thing I was disappointed with. There was no boat show deals. None. Yeah. So usually... But, but is, the, that, is that the industry at the moment? It's the industry where it is. No one had it because... It, like, this is the thing. Like I said to Gibber from... Gibbsy, my best mate, working at Geelong Marine World and caught up with him a fair bit at the show when we, when we had a sneaky beer or two. And I said to Gibber... Uh, I said, he sold any engines? He goes, yeah, oh, you've actually done it right, blah, blah, blah. He goes, but I'll tell you what hurts is telling them come back in two years because it's a two-year wait for a 300-horsepower engine. Yep. So, like, he goes, may as well come back in the boat show in two years' time because yep. it's like, when's it going to improve? Like, and, and that's the same for for the boating manufacturers it's as every well. Every single person there. So it yep. wasn't just Gibbs, you know what I'm saying? It was every person. It was Mercury, it was... Rob, like Rob's trying to sell these North Banks and he's selling these beautiful six-metre boats. Oh, we want one like Aaron's. Have a look at this. No worries. We'll have it for you in seven years. Like, like, <laughs> but ha- like that is the really difficult part around, oh, yep, I'm ready to buy, yep. but you can't have it till 2025. 100%. Like, that, that's a, it's like, what? It's a big investment too. Like, it's the boats these days. And it's, and it's why a lot of the imports uh, are starting to, to make, you know, decent enough sales to warrant the importation of, you know, whether it's Genoa and we know our man uh, Jimmy Pattinson, the uh, ex-Australian test cricketer. Yep. Um, Jimmy's just ordered a 10.5 metre. Can't he's wait. got it. Can't wait to. He's, yeah, he's bet. It's nearly done. It's in Patterson River on the dry state getting its final touches. But I they're can't... in though. So yeah, they're, they're in. in. They're versus, in stock, yeah. yeah. I can't wait to watch him drive it. It's going to be hilarious watching you drive it at the Blair Gary Marina on a nice southeasterly 20 knots. It's going, to be, it's going to be great, Patrick. <laughs> it was nice to actually get out on boats. And, and one of the things that I know uh, 
fascinated you, and we're, we're going to review it in next week's show, was Seakeeper and actually oh, seeing yeah. it in the flesh and seeing yep. how good it is. We won't give anything away now, Patrick. Y- you can see why it is a big-ticket yep. expensive item, but in terms of... How it works, it's worth. no one will know, but it works. <laughs> so Seakeeper is a great item. What it is, is a, it's an item that goes on your boat that stops your boat from rocking. Yeah. We're not going to get into Gyrospeak, it too much because yep. next week's show, we've got the review on it. So make sure you tune in then. Now, the show wasn't without its controversies though. And and the biggest controversy within, and it doesn't doesn't concern you, you or I. But, no, thank uh, God, because usually I'm in the middle of the controversy, Patrick. It, it, I avoid it, it these days. It's it, been good. Exactly, but... Nortec Marine had a boat on display uh, that is eerily similar, the Naughty E600. Perhaps a, uh, you know, the, the name is uh, appropriate given the fact that it is uh, eerily similar. And let's be honest, it's a direct copy of Stabycraft. Mm. And it's safe to say our, uh, our mates at Stabycraft, they weren't super pleased that it was on display at the show, Aaron. No. No. <laughs> like words, I, don't I don't know, know what it is. I'm a bit lost they, for words as you've said. They, they, they were yeah. not pleased. <clears throat> no, nah, and I can understand why. 100%. A lot of effort and time and money have gone into these Stabie Crafts. And, and we've got Paul Flett yeah. on... Uh, next week's show. Once again, I keep, we keep saying next week's show. We've got, um, we've got Rob Cummings from North Bank on today's he's show. He's on today. And uh, then we've got... Like you said, Paul Fleck, who is the design manager of yes, Stabiecraft next week, take us in. And, th- and there's nine in his team, he was saying. Eleven. Uh, Eleven, is it? Eleven. Two more than nine. Uh, around their, their design process. Jeez, I hope it was. <laughs> you can you can see why they were a little bit peeved when it came uh, when oh, it comes to and you look comes at it, to this. You look at this boat, in all honesty, you look at it and just go, Jesus. Like yeah, well it's interesting. Like isn't it's it? interesting. Yeah. Like and I don't know. Good luck to them. I'm not going to say too much. It's it, it's my concern would be if you purchase something like this. Yes, I, that's what I'm worried for. It's built in China, and if something does go wrong, I'm not a welder. What's the, yeah. I'm far from it. I'm far from a welder. Actually, I got told I'm not allowed to weld with this machine in my chest, Patrick. It's, so I won't be starting up welding anytime soon. So save your craft. Don't have to be worried. But some of these welds on oh, I this boat—I think they were too concerned either way. <laughs> some of these welds on this boat, straight up. I'm not a welder. I repeat that again. I saw these and I thought to myself, "Did Patrick Dangerfield do this?" <laughs> because it's like, like my some of them with were the knots. folds and like where it was. Me- I just looked at it, going, "Oh yeah. boy!" Like I would. I personally would be worried, and it puts I a lot of press on, uh, pressure on Nortec if they. Yes, you've got to so, back these things, especially in your boat if, with warranties. We, you and I haven't been on these boats. We haven't done anything on them, so we. No. I I'm not going to comment on the how they ride and do everything. I'm not going to comment on that. But as a, someone looking on the outside of it, I did have a very good look. I wasn't impressed by the look of it. Uh, I feel sorry for a consumer if they were to go out there and buy one of these, and it was to fail. It, because it's a it's a big investment for a family. Well, hundred thousand dollars for the six meter, and you want that that's where the, it beats the Staby Craft because the Staby Craft for a six meter is a lot more money. You're looking at one fifty, and I'm not sticking up for this thing at all in the slightest. But that's where a consumer might go. Hold on, are they the same boat? Looks similar. Someone yep. that doesn't know the industry and look at it, where. I don't know. I know. Every, I think that was the biggest talking point of the whole boat show. From well, those within in, the industry, yeah, it was, and then yep. even just the people coming in. I had multiple people say to me, "Oh, did you see that?" thing at the front there I'm not going to say what they said and I'm like oh, yeah yeah I'm not commenting I'll stay away from it so I hope if you're a consumer and you buy this I, by all means I hope it all goes fantastic for you but all I can say if you are looking at one just look at it with a different eye please. well yeah 
definitely do your your, your research. Your research. Yep. Uh, we got our first look at Ital boats. Uh, yes, John Marine World had their thirty-two. Uh, the massive set their seven and a half yeah. and a six and a half. And they got a twenty-four display. coming as well. Uh, I think very soon too. That was as um, as beautiful a boat as you could just about imagine. Like in terms of that market, yep. and obviously we've we've seen house prices around Portsy Sorrento region go through the roof. There's clearly a market for you know upmarket two hundred thousand dollar plus, and I'm talking. I'm pretty plus, sure plus. that thirty-two foot. I reckon it's just over four hundred thousand. So we're talking a lot, but the the reception and the sales. Have been pretty astonishing for okay. it. Once again, I'll refer to Gibbsy before. He was saying to me, do you know how many people came up to us and asked to just get photos? Like, are we allowed to take photos? Like, can we stand and get photos? It had two 300s on it and it's a 32 foot. But like, without being rude, it's not that impressive as a boat as in like it. But for some reason, it just grabs your eye. It like, does, it just yeah. grabs your eye. It is impressive. So yep. like, as a, if you were to write it down on paper, two twin 300s, like every second boat these days has twin 300s. It does, it? correct. But this thing really, really caught my eye. And I was, as well as everyone else at the boat show, yeah, I'd take a photo of it. It was pretty bloody cool to see. And it was set out so well. And uh, I'll give credit to the guy, guys at Mully's and Jake from Geelong Marine World. The display they put on on the water with the setup on it with the sunscreen and uh, the, 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 the champagne and that yeah. on, the, on the boats, it really sold it to a certain niche market, I think. So, yeah, all credit to those. I think they did a terrific job. Anything else that caught your eye throughout the show? Obviously, uh, your 600 North Bank. Yeah, uh, or a mirror image of it was was on display. I was about to say, I think Melbourne Marine Centre did the best uh, best stay, uh, best uh, stand, uh, and they did because they won the award. But I think they yep. did the best stand. They had the the thing that caught my eye, in all honesty, was the magician. <laughs> I, I, I was standing there with James Patterson, and he's had his young daughter with us, and my god! So for those unaware, there was a kids section which was really well received from. Everyone visiting, and it obviously got you going. Paddo and I stood there, Patrick, side by side, and this guy started the kids, oh, have a look at this, here it comes, and he gets them all going, and Paddo and I just sort of start looking over, and we're standing there, and his daughter's getting her face painted to our right, and we're standing there, and he pulls a dove out of a balloon, Pat. We were blown away. (laughs) A couple of minutes later, a chicken, one of the biggest chickens you've ever seen, comes out of a box that the chicken didn't fit in. How he did this... Were Peter there? That Peter obviously weren't there, the uh, animal rights group. I looked at some of the animals sitting there. I'm pretty sure he had like three rabbits, guinea pigs and a dove and they were sitting on a box. And you're trying to tell me these weren't drugged because they weren't moving in the slightest. They weren't moving. So, oh, that was, that was stuff. I, I can't say anything but positive on this boat show and I think you, oh, I know that you really enjoyed it and all of the uh, uh, exhibitors really enjoyed it too, Pat. So, uh, a credit for giving it a go and will it happen next year outdoors? I'm worried. This is the other, uh, I guess, conversation is the turnaround, Pat. Yeah, so, so June, July is the normal time period yep. for the Melbourne Boat Show. And which is only, say, roughly eight months from here, give or take. Uh, will manufacturers want to push themselves to be there in eight months' time with a four-month buffer that's not there? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I know it was a lot cheaper for the stands at, on the outdoors. I know some people only paid about $10,000 for floor space, where in Jeff's shed for a standard, say, uh, Geelong Marine World, Mel Marine World. Looking at 30 plus. No, 150,000. They really? paid like the last one was 150,000. I asked a few of the boys and they were all said they told me the same thing $150,000. So you got to so, sell a lot of boats just to break even. Oh, Jake told me one time he needs to sell a million dollars worth of stock to make a profit. Yeah. That was with his floor space. So it's, a big, it's a big investment yes. that, these manuf- uh, that these distributors are yes. investing in. So this is the question I've got for you, Pat. Will they have this? 
Do you think they will aim back at Jeff Shedd, say, in eight months' time where that conversation of the money, is it worth doing it? Or do you think they'll try and play it by year because they can't do an outdoor boating thing in June, July here in Victoria. It has to be this time of the year pushing November. Do you think that they'll aim for another 12 months outdoors again? Or I think they'd like to. No, no, sorry. I think they would like to do one in June, July. Yes. But I think they would need to think long and hard around the investment of that and whether there's going to be significant uptake from manufacturers. So Bark yep. Russia, for example, weren't at this show. Yep. And whether that's because they look in their books and go, why do we need to go to the show? We can't supply the demand already. Yep. What's the point? You know, hundred percent. And I'm sure that there's a lot of plenty. Yeah, a lot of yeah, a lot of manufacturers are exactly the same. Uh, all in all, all in all, absolutely terrific show. The fishing gear needs to turn back up next year because I was very disappointed in that aspect of it. I had a lot of people come up and go, "Oh, do you know where the fishing stall is? Do you know, yeah. oh, you just look. want something to take on." Yeah, and to and you know those crap stores. We'll call them crap stores. Straight up, the the, the rubbish stores. They're still all right. Like I'd even be happy for them to be get there. a little like, bit of yep, yeah. Like it's it's better than nothing. Get and your the little kids, pack. Yeah, or... the kids can grab a light or a float, or they can grab yep. something. Or the I'm not into crap stuff like the the, but it's something. Like it's something yes. to draw the kids. I want this and that. And anyway. Great show, terrific event, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, after the break, we've got the uh, whip around. We're going to find out what's biting right around the country. There's been some cracking catches, uh, and we're going to go through that all after the break. This is Real Adventures for the next-gen Ford Ranger. Everything you need for work and play. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for the whip around. We find out what's biting right around the country. We kick things off in New South Wales. Uh, Jibben right now, Redmond. Jibben right now is holding some massive flathead to 65 centimetres. But how's this? This is what caught my eye during the week. A gentleman posted a little video of his biggest flathead he's ever caught. It went 63 centimetres and he landed it on a squid jig. <laughs> Not a plastic, nothing like that. It took a squid jig. And I've caught some good things on squid jigs, but that's pretty cool. I was about to say, what's the what's the strangest thing you've ever caught on a squid jig? Because squid jig. Because I caught a thrasher shark on a baited squid jig maybe <laughs> ten years ago. Dead set. <laughs> that's cool. That's actually like, a very good effort. Bizarre as all hell. A baited squid jig. That's a very good effort. I'm impressed there. That's some of your finest work. Uh I've caught a lot of toadies on squid jigs. <laughs> I've actually caught a couple of gurnards, a couple of flathead, but I don't think I've ever gotten a 63 centimetre one. I reckon that's a very good effort on a squid jig. You know what will come out now. This thing going, oh, you need to use blue colour for flathead, Pat. <laughs> Snapper fishing uh, at Montague Island continues to fire yep. micro jigs and soft plastic. So getting them up first and using bait to get them up first nah, or they're that prolific it doesn't matter they're, they're different fish up there they're just, they just don't need to worry about the bait they're just drifting through that area off Monty and they're getting beautiful fish on micro jigs and plastics uh, you'll get them mixed in with the kingfish but the kingfish still haven't turned up as such yet they're they're, they're not really going so strange it should be any day of the week the water's good the bait's good the current's good everything's good just need them to turn up so yeah, the kingfish will come, but in all my means, go get yourself some snapper in, in between because they're going really, really good. Uh, Queensland, there's been uh, decent beach fishing uh, off the Gold Coast. Um, once again, finding those, uh, what they call the, the troughs, the Redmond, the gutters. So we're looking for that deeper water. 
Um, fishing in the morning's been been generally good, but there's also been dewfish caught on the north side of Tweed. Yes, off the beach, Pat Benito working very well as bait and some squid too. But Benito caught multiple fish. I saw a gentleman had a great session, multiple dewfish over a meter, which is fantastic. And one of our favourite places, Hinchybrook Island, is producing some great barramundi right now. All around the Still island. Still one of the great the tri- trips that we had up yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely terrific trip. And next time you uh, organise a fishing show, we don't have to pay for it. Let's do it again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> offshore as well, going terrific. But we don't need to talk too much about that because we all know how good the offshore fishing on the bottom down there is. Coral trout, red emperor, cobia, you name it, you can catch it. Well, the same thing for um, for around the Mission Beach region. Dennis Daly, once again, the, the reef fish have just been prolific. Yep. Uh, Western Australia is a cracking a thread, a thread fin salmon that was caught from the shallows in Broome. They, I've now, we, I actually said to you, can you remember what this was called? And we both, and we, you said tarpon, and I was going to say that too, but it, it took me ages to get into my head what it was called. But we finally got there, Pat, and there was a beautiful thread fin and multiple thread fin caught. They are one fish I want to catch. Yeah, because, they're a bit of a bucket list item. Yeah, they? they are. They look like something that you shouldn't catch here. You know, like a Thailand yeah. fish or something. I don't know. They do something for me, and they jump and carry on when you hook them. So... I do want to chase one of those. Uh, heading to the Wilson Inlet, though, Patrick. Once again, flathead. That water temp has come up to 19 degrees, which for some reason up there, the flatties love that 19 degree weather, weather uh, water temp. Yep. But it's not just there. It's everywhere. Like even where I live uh, down in Port Phillip Bay, once that water gets hotter, the flathead respond to it. The big breeders come out as such and also the ones that follow behind it. So... Getting that water temperature right, doesn't matter where you are, just goes to show how crucial it is, even if you're in WA, Pat, the, the, the home of fishing, and they are ready to go. So soft plastics in there will get you some beautiful fish in that perfect temperature water right now uh, all around the Wilson Inlet. Our man, uh, Baz Sullivan, he's just come back from... Uh, Montebello Islands? Yeah, he, he reckons... Yeah, I've seen that. 44 sailfish in in five days, six days fishing, yep. and, and they had a couple of weather-interrupted days, and they didn't spend it all sail fishing. They did plenty of um, top water fishing as well. Um, and just said it was just unbelievable. Sailfish are sort of like, uh, I reckon, I don't know, salmon of the kingfish. Really? Yeah, they do nothing for me. Salmon of I've the caught, kingfish. Yeah, salmon of the kingfish. So like kingfish is like the prize fish. Oh, we got a couple of salmon on the way in. That's what I was saying, sailfish. They don't do anything for me. They're no. cool looking fish and I've caught a fair few sailfish. They're the fastest fish in the ocean. I know, you but they're really say, slow when you've got a rod hooked up to them. You cannot say they are the salmon of the kingfish. <laughs> I'm, not a massive, I'm, not a, I'm not a massive fan of sailfish. I've caught multiple sailfish and they've never done anything for me. Oh, I yeah, love cool. it. So Baz went up there anyway. He um, sorry, Baz. The, the, the barge <laughs> set up there said it was terrific. They had fourteen, so I think they generally accommodate eight to fourteen people at the Monty's, and yep. they said it was just one of the great trips. Oh, um, it looked terrific, and the weather that they obviously had is just amazing. And I'd love to go up there, yeah. not, not to catch sailfish, but I would love to go up there <laughs> to get salmon. <laughs> to get salmon. <laughs> uh, heading to South Australia, Patrick. Yeah, uh, Seconds Valley uh, producing plenty of great calamari right now on a range of jigs. And we're getting similar reports uh, right through around the, the metro regions when it comes to their jetties and piers as well. So um, depending on how many people are around uh, and your timing, there's still been really good captures of, of calamari, Brighton Jetty, uh, the same with uh, Hanley Beach, Anglin Elg. Uh, and heading further south, Victor Harbour, there's been some good reports of um, – and. and um, Australian salmon caught off the the beaches. While Pinga once again looking for those those troughs, um, you know, and those dark water patches where the you know the deep water is, and, and bringing your lures through that. I have to give you one more report. 
Kraken report. Uh, some massive kingfish to 1.4 metres caught off the Air Peninsula. And the jetty doesn't give it away by bailey.james.fishing on Instagram. Uh, look at the size of these things. I know they can't see them at home, but we're they on radio, are mate. absolutely cracker fish. Oh, that, that is actually if extraordinary. If I could show them, I'd love to show them. So we'll you talk us through it. This is the size of a truck, pretty much a <laughs> single bed off the jetty in the Air Peninsula. Like that's about as good as it gets. And I'm sorry no, you can't see. Now that picture. is as good as it gets. But if you do want to see the picture, you can head to Fishing South Australia magazine's post and see exactly what Pat and I are looking at right now because they are absolute crackers. They are massive fish, one point four meters. They're twenty plus kilo, and congratulations off a jetty. I don't think it gets much better than that, and that was worth showing you the picture. It was. Uh, Tassie. Yeah, Lake Crescent. Uh, we spoke about that a few weeks ago in the reports. They're going, mass- uh, going fantastic. Massive fish, 15 pounds, wild browns. They are wild, Patrick. And that's a big fish. They are big. Like, what's 15 pound in kilo? I'd just like to half it, roughly. Go with that. That'll yeah. work. Okay. Seven, seven. Yeah, we'll go seven Six kilo. Seven. Sounds good. Drifting spinners, though, is the way to catch them. They're drifting spinners. Uh, caught plenty of these fish, and one gentleman I seen had two of these fish to fifteen pounds. So that's a great effort. And Garden Island, our last one for the day, is going very well for the salmon fishing off the rocks, uh, fishing terrific spinners, and also pilchards for bait too, working an absolute treat. So that's the whip round today, Patrick. Yes, now it's time for the social club. First question is from Tom. If you could take home any boat besides your North Banks, what would you take home from this year's Melbourne Boat Show? That's a really good question. I had that question sent to me, asked to me multiple times at the show. Don't be biased. What boat do you like the most? The most there, the trawler, uh, the the, tr- the forty-one trawler flybridge. You really that we liked went that, past. didn't you? What was the one that was straight across from it? It was worth like five hundred thousand. Oh, the um, alloy with yeah, twin three hundreds. Yeah, it was beautiful. Was it New Zealand built? It was a New Zealand built boat. I can't. And remember. the tim- I feel so rude right now. I can't remember the boat. But how's this though? The timber through that thing looked beautiful, incredible. And there was another boat that was it was the same as that, but the small one. Remember, I said to you, there's one on the down the. The, down the, in the yeah, it was like a six metre. Yeah, and I actually ended up walking over just by chance to Craigo and Kane team at Salt Guide, and they were looking at it. They had fold out bunks that come off, so where your seats sit, so yes. your driver's seats, they had bunks that like stretcher beds that rolled off that and pulled and attached to the back of the boat on either side that you could lay on. I thought that was phenomenal. I thought it was amazing. Like it that is incredible. Off. And not only that. Their bait board rolled out and tucked back into itself, and it had an under, underneath sink. So some thinking is going into yeah. boats right now. Yeah. Uh, this is really cool. So, so that, that'd be yours. Uh, yeah, I just thought it was very practical. Uh, <laughs> well, it is very it practical. Like just terrific. But yeah, you are right. Some of the boats down there is... I thought as the fishing boats, to tell you the honest truth, your 750 would probably be the ultimate boat to take home as a fishing boat. A fishing boat, there. Yeah, uh, as a fishing one, there wasn't really any competitors in the glass range that was i guess probably not at that uh, level not at that level no there's, I don't there's, think there's a few there cheaper models there yeah there was obviously yeah. stabycraft it was a beautiful 2250 yep. ultra cab yep stabycraft had a fantastic range uh the swift trawler 41 so there's a flybridge bridge down there that thing was unbelievable yeah, that's the one and, there, and you, yep. you refer, referred to that that was your sort of miami that we was, won't say the words that, that was I said, perhaps but it purchased was, with um, some illicit substances. Yes. It had that sort of vibe, Pablo Escobar vibe. So <laughs> it was, uh, it was, it, oh, so, not know, much change from a million bucks. But for that. Do you know what the best part about this is? We've never seen this. I'm, I was going to say uh, 
crap at the boat boat show, but they're not crap. It's we have never seen this amazing stuff at a boat show before. You just and you go to the Queenscliff Harbour and you see it from 30, 50, 60 meters away. You got to walk on the water and actually look at these things. You could yeah. take your shoes off and go on board. It was fantastic. Oh, that like respect. I'm tipping they wouldn't let me on because they would have looked at me and go, "You're not buying this thing." By the look of you, but they let a few few people on with those yachty hats on and yacht shoes. They let those people on and uh, they could go on and look <laughs> at these boats. So I thought there was some phenomenal things on the water there. So. Uh, a lot of things we could have taken home, Pat. Last question. Was there any boat at the boat show that you didn't like? And I'll probably put this with uh, besides the Ultra Cab Stabycraft that you detest in how it looks. Yeah, I and can't I, stand it. And I look. love it. I know you. a lot of people it's love it. And, a lot of and Gwaine, your partner Gwaine in Salt got he's bought one. Yeah, he's bought one. Uh, I had multiple people say to me, is that the ugliest boat on the market? So it's a love-hate relationship. It is. It's it is. Very, it polarises yeah, people. It is. You either, there's no in-betweens. You either really like it or you don't like the look of it. Yep. The boat obviously performs absolutely terrific. That doesn't come into account. Uh, That's okay. We, we, um, I'm talking aesthetics. It was an Asian, an Asian company there uh, that had a boat next to the Suzuki stand. Uh, can't remember the exact name, what it was called. But I looked at that, and once again, I didn't like the finish on it at all. Yeah. It looked good, actually, looking at it from a distance. From a distance, yep. For Craig, my partner in Salt Guide, not too That's the great with. thing about boat shows is you can actually go up, yep. up close, and you can see the attention to detail oh, and the finished Craig said product. to me... Where, where are these brand new boats? And I said, yeah. And he goes, what's all the salt marks on the bottom of it from? And it was from where they've like tried to sand their welds back and do stuff like that. And I thought that looked yeah, right. really bloody tacky. Like yep. that's a yep. boat show. Like you're exactly. at a boat show. You're not leaving marks. You need to like, put the best put yeah, of what you've yeah. got. Yeah. And like I don't know what the boat performs like, but I'm you, it, going by looks as the question was. And I looked at it going, oh, that's not very good. Like yeah. Uh, and the boat might be great, but everyone else. I thought there was boats there that were for me and there was boats there that wasn't for me. Like there's some that I would look at and go, that's a great family boat to go out in, but I would never own one. Like it wouldn't do anything I needed to do. Yes. But they still put a great effort in presenting them and they looked fantastic. So as an example, that there caught my eye as something that I didn't, I looked at that going, nah, try harder. Not for me. Try harder. Good for it. That's the social club for the next gen Ford Ranger. Everything you need for work and play. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for All Aboard. We are recording live as we have the whole show uh, from the Melbourne Boat Show. And our special guest this morning is Rob Cumming from North Bank. Robbie. Paddy. Great to have you here. I feel a little bit guilty right now. Why is that? Rob's just planted his backside on the side of the boat and you and I have stolen the seats. Yeah, that's okay. That's, that's okay. okay. I mean, it's a Rob's boat, but we've each got one, so <laughs> so that works okay. Before age, mate. Sorry, mate. On? I apologise. I'm quite comfy, though. <laughs> Rob, we haven't had a Melbourne boat show, and we haven't had many boat shows nationally since the COVID pandemic. We're finally back. The, the show's been a terrific success so far. Awesome, mate. I'm, I'm actually deeply surprised, mate. We started on Thursday afternoon, and we thought just that little three or four hour window, mate, where people were actually here to buy boats. It was, Unbelievable, mate. We just didn't anticipate the customer enthusiasm, I suppose, to get back into boats. What's your thoughts, just a comparison, from the indoors to the outdoors? Do you find, because oh, I more engaging the customers in, in the outdoors scenario or in the indoors, or pretty similar? How many prams and kids are here, mate? Yeah, it's great, it, isn't It's it? a really great environment, licking ice creams. and it, it is a different feel outside, mate. I know we're very weather dependent. dependent sorry, a bit of a wet butt this morning, but that's yep. been cleared up. 
It, it, it's nice to be outside again, mate, and it's sunshine again in Melbourne. It's nice not having the air conditioner throat pad after day two. Well, there, there is a bit of, like, it feels Queensland-esque with how warm it's been. So we've been very fortunate in that respect. Now, uh, you're here as a part of not only Melbourne Marine Centre, but obviously North Bank. Now, the growth since we first met in, I think it was 2011, I reckon. Yeah, about then, mate, I reckon. So I was playing for Adelaide at the time, and you're obviously a South Australian. Uh, don't hold that against him, Aaron. Just a little bit. Yeah, no, don't hold that against him. <laughs> That's what's wrong with you half the time, I think. You started to sort of turn that oh, way. Oh, I he, He's nearly changed. No, careful. Nearly. We, we broadcast into wonderful oh, South Australia. Well, the sums a bit up, but anyway. Now, <laughs> the... the um, growth of the brand over the past 10 years. You must be so proud, um, and you've obviously owned it longer than that, but particularly the last 10, and I don't want to say I've been, you know, it's, I've been the reason, but I, I probably have been, Aaron. It's only because um, you found me, and I, was, and I was the bigger influence. That was the reason. Instrumental. <laughs> but, but since you um, taking over the, the company, you must be so proud of what you've been able to achieve. Yeah, flattening words, Pat, thank you, but... Um, you were tongue-tied in there. <laughs> we are, mate, we are proud of our product, and um, especially in markets that we were floundering in, I suppose, if that's the right description. But we, we really sat back eight or ten years ago, had a clear direction that was to, you know, create brand ambassadors for our products and uh, improve our quality of our product, especially for the Victorian market, who were probably our strongest critics. And the feedback we've actually took on board, mate, and we actually have changed our brand and... And as you see it today, it's certainly a different product than it was 10 years ago. I love my boat, and I'm not just saying that because I'm saying it. I, I love my boat. I love it safe for my safe for my kids. I can stand, they can stand in it and look over the sides by standing on the on, on where the, I guess the combing racks are. Yeah. They can see over the side. I know they're not going to fall in, but they're also going to grow with the boat too. So as they get older and taller, they're not going to fall in and you feel safe in it. It rides really well. You don't have that brooch that a lot of other deep V hulls can have. You don't have that push to the side. You don't have any, you just feel safe all the time in basically all seas. And I'd even let Pat drive my boat. Like that sums it up a bit. And is it a good thing with Pat's boat though? Like, you got boat shows coming up, and you got Pat's boat here, obviously on display. Is it great that you don't actually have to afford a, afford a seven fifty demo for yourself because Pat doesn't use his, and, it, yeah, and it's always there for it to, to borrow? I'm looking forward to Christmas holiday this year. I, I heard a rumor we might be able to go fishing for one day. Um, <laughs> we we uh, can do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it boat, boating is, is, is happening again, mate. Isn't it? Like yep. you can just tell at the the vibe it's created here at the show. People, you look out of the back of the boat now, and there's people bloody everywhere, mate. They they want to get amongst it again. In terms of you as a manufacturer, the the industry is changing at a really rapid rate in terms of the technology that now goes into boats. Now, by and large, the hulls majority stay the same, but what goes into a boat has changed significantly and we're seeing the technology with with outboards and and obviously electronics change is that something that you're cognizant of when you look to continually improve your boats you know what mercury are doing um uh, around their technology and how you'll you know integrate that into the the design process of what you're doing yeah technology is changing pat and it, it is engines and they are improving, they're getting better, more fuel efficient, more quieter. Electronics, you know, the fish don't stand a chance mm. today. They, you know, People who can't fish, Aaron like me, but... And me. Yeah, and Paddy, we don't fish enough. So like, the electronics have certainly helped a lot of people become good fishermen now, and that's only going to continue and improve. One thing that I've noticed 
with you guys at Northbank is the changes, the little changes and the big changes that you're making on boats, you're actually listening. So you're listening to people like, without pumping my tyres too much up, people like myself, you've got Harry that you've just now put the six metre, well, yeah. a door in a six metre boat. Definitely. I think that's a massive addition. I think it's a selling point, to be honest with you, in any boat, a dive door, especially the stuff that I do. Al McGlashan, obviously, in Sydney as well. He's yeah. in the 650, he's got, yep. the, he's got the dive door. How much of a headache, and in honesty, because putting a dive door in a boat, I know, especially with custom boats like these, things move and things aren't always in a line because they come out of moulds differently and whatnot. How hard is it to incorporate something like a dive door into, say, a six-metre boat and the headache and the cost that it has for you with moulds, etc.? Yeah, great question, Aaron. That, that door project for us, we thought it would be really simple because we've been running a door in our six and a half, seven and a half metre product now for five or six years. Yep. So we thought it would be a real simple step. We had a little bit of demand. Uh, Harry come on as a brand ambassador and and he he really encouraged us to, to make a door for 600. He thought there'd be a market for us and I, we, we toot and froed for six months but we said, okay, we'll do it, we'll commit to that. That actual door plug work took took one fella eight months, you know. Mm. So it's a big investment, you know, people walk into a, a showroom anywhere in Australia and, and, you know, want to change a widget on the dashboard. It, it's not that simple a process. Yep. So a door, for example, you know, we, we anticipated about four months, it took us eight months. We also incorporate into Andrew's boat um, a new dashboard to take bigger electronics. Everybody wants a bigger electronics package these days. So we, we, we get pushed by ambassadors, you know, and that's that's the relationship why we have an ambassador is to get the feedback that not only those guys will benefit from, but, but every consumer who uses our product will benefit from. And it just takes time to, to change to that. Well, we've loved uh, the show so far, Robbie. It's been absolutely brilliant. It's great to have the Melbourne Boat Show back, uh, you know, live with people there. There's nothing... Not just people here. It's packed, Patrick. It has been packed. We are here sitting here on a Saturday, and it has been, other than the first hour when it was raining, since then, it's just been flooded with people. So it's great. Yeah, it's literally as busy as you could see it. And it's not just where we're sitting here. The whole strip, the whole runway, so it, it looks really good. Now, there's obviously Christie's Beach Marine in terms of dealerships in North Bank in, in South Australia. There's yep. Melbourne Marine Centre uh, in Victoria, yep. New South Wales. GRE Marine, uh, Graham Roberts up at uh, Prospect, New South Wales. We've got uh, Port Lincoln Boat Spies in Port Lincoln. Maitland Marine in Maitland in, in South Australia as well. And then our last dealership is, oh, sorry, West Australia. Blue Water Marine in Bunbury. And uh, our last one is... Brisbane, Boating and Leisure in Brisbane. I'm really impressed. That was that was without paper in front of him. Well, he's the boss. That's why, that's why he gets the big bucks. Oh, that's good. Uh, for more information, you can head to the North Bank website. Rob Cumming, thank you for your time this morning on Real Adventures. Thanks for the invitation, boys. Great to see you. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for Red's Tip. It is, Pat. And you've actually jotted it down for me. You did a bit of research for me for the show. You've helped me out with the show this week because I was a little bit tired after the boat show. I had a little bit of a sook. Well, it got me thinking because yep. I was re-spooling my lines yep. during the week and uh, the importance of when you re-spool them, just how firm when yep. you're um, winding your line on it needs to be, to be. Yep. Because I got my wife to do one of them and it was loose as hell and... Then the line pulls through and it can get stuck and it's the yep. last thing you want if you can only feed 30 metres of line out in your rod and reel. Yep. Um, if so, you caught a fish for lifetime or whatever it might be. So my so, tip is don't listen to the nonsense of the tackle stores and everyone telling you to get your line on tight. That's my tip. To not on no, tight? No, because 
what happens on your first cast? You cast a squid you get, what happens on your first cast? You wind it back in and it's not tight. No, no. So what happens is, what I'd do is, I'd get a bucket of water. This is my tip. Put your braid in a bucket of water so it's wet. And when it goes on wet, make sure you grab a little rag around your hand and just hold it firmly. It doesn't have to go on like they do at the tackle stores where they're busting it on so tight. No, I'm not talking about that. So that's how tight I put yeah, it on. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah, but I'm saying... But I don't do it loose stores. where literally yeah. you're winding and, and there is no everywhere. tension on the line. Yeah, no, whatsoever. so I'm going to the tackle stores here. So tackle stores will get in and they say, you need to buy this busted fishing thing where it goes on tight and it, it gets it on that tight. Yeah, it, you're trying you're, to crank it, you're oh, breaking you're your just, arm. Yeah, just all you need to do is a bucket of water. So the tip this week, bucket of water. Put the wet is the key. So if you put it in wet, it unfolds off your reel so much easier. Just to give you an example, if you go snapper fishing with braid and you cast your first cast out, it doesn't come off the spool. So if you can wet that line and get it nice and really nice and wet when it goes underneath the spool and stays wet under there, and when you put it on just a firm grip like you said there, like you said, hold it nice and firm and wind it on so it just goes on relatively tight but not stupidly, it works a treat because when you do your first cast pack out there, say you cast, say, 50 metres for a... or 40 metres for a uh, tuna, yep. there goes... That's the only line you use on the reel. Like, you're not going anywhere further. Like, it doesn't really go... Unless much. you get something massive. Oh, unless you get something that screams the line and out, yeah. And it's nice and wet so it comes off smooth. So wet's the tip to it for the week. Put it in a bucket of water. It doesn't. Ha- you don't have to sit there with your hands and bleed your hands on a busted tool to get it super tight. But a rag's good, though. A rag is terrific. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. The gaff this week, Patrick. What have you got for us? Is it going to be any good? No, you've got the gaff this week. Okay. Because we were talking during I do have the, the gaff. week because I've spent a bit of time in at the club doing some training before I head away to the to the states and uh, and there was a lot of effort put in to to set up Kadinya Park yep. uh, in Geelong for the twenty twenty. World Cup. I actually witnessed them covering the big cats logo where you put guys players park their car. So that's they, part of the ICC. So yep. every bit of sponsorship has, has to, be, to covered. be totally covered. Yep. So I actually watched them of put, the whole stadium. I watched them put huge undertaking. Gary Ablett Senior, champion of the game, champion yep. of the Geelong Cats. I watched them put a black bit of electrical tape over his Ford logo yep. on his boob yep. where it sits there. And I thought that was a bit weird. But they covered everything. Yep, they did. They went to a massive massive amounts of money was spent here. That's the Saudis. So my gaff this week is, I had more people grand final day at my house, Patrick, than what they did for the three games here at Kandinia Park. (laughs) There was no one here. You're gaffing the the city. I'm not just the city. I am gaffing gaffing the whole cricket cricket World Cup because there was no one here. Don't go. Australia didn't play here. You don't want to go to the United Arab Emirates, mate, because I think that's where the funny mostly has come from. Well, they actually played here. I know. I watched. And I love the World Cup. I watched on uh, Foxtel every single night. King Coley during the week, just absolutely terrific. The trip, everything was fantastic. But like that was ridiculous. There's a time to draw a line. The amount of money you spent putting a little bit of electrical tape over Gary Ablett Senior's jumper, I thought wasn't necessary. And (laughs) there was more people at my place for a beer, and uh, the the cats beat the Swans. (laughs) Thanks for your company this morning on Real. We'll do it all again next week. Bye for now. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.